All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. Very happy to have you with us here again. Thursday, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. We're here most weeks uh, doing this on LinkedIn Live. If you are watching this live in the middle of your workday, hi. Thanks very much for joining us. We're happy that you're here. Um, because you're watching live, you have the ability to be part of the show. If you've got a question for our guest today, if you've got a comment you want to make, we can put you into the show. We can put your comment in. I can ask your question live. So if you're watching and hanging out, uh, feel free to do that. If you are watching or listening on demand, thank you very much for subscribing um, and downloading all of our episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio in audio format, past, present, future, always available at salespipelineradio.com. And let's get right into it. Very excited today to have our guest, VP of Brand Communications and the interim CMO for Salesloft, Cindy Knet. I'm gonna, I'm already gonna. I'm already Knezovich. How about CK. that? Yeah. Everybody here calls me CK. Knezovich is a bit of a mouthful. CK. I like CK. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, was excited to have you on. Now, now just as a little bit of table setting, uh, Cindy. Uh, Cindy is part of our, um, our CMO um, group on Fridays, and she joined in December, uh, sort of a special uh, event to do a deep dive on the rebrand of Salesloft. And I was really excited that you guys agreed to do that because it was such, in my mind, a very successful rebrand, not just in terms of sort of like going from A to B in terms of the new visuals and the new brand itself, but also the way that you launched it, the way that you engaged different communities, um, the way that you didn't just sort of announce it, but got people engaged. And so there's a lot to unpack there. So, you know, was looking forward to having you share some of that with the group. But before we get started, maybe CK, just introduce yourself, your role and a little bit about sales. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Matt. Um, and thank you for referring to the, the CMO community, because it's just been an endless source of help and guidance and belonging uh, for me. And I've been thrilled to be part of it. Uh, I am, like you said, the VP of Brand and Communications at Salesloft, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I have been a lofter for more than three years now. Uh, and anyone out there who knows anything about Salesloft, we're a sales engagement platform in the form of the modern revenue workspace. And um, it was quite a labor of love to rebrand this company that, I mean, calling it a rocket ship is, is very common, but also sort of doesn't encapsulate all the amazingness that's happening here. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a labor of love and I'm looking forward to talking about it. So some of the ingredients that go into this that I think other people might resonate with, you know, you've got a very strong, successful business, a hyper growth business, a very special and unique culture that is clearly part of the brand as well. Um, sort of a co-founder that's still CEO, right. Who, you know, as a co-founder who runs a company, no, you know, I understand like the attachment sometimes you have to the things you created or things that were in the, that you, that you started, um, Talk about the origins of this. I think some people will look and say, oh, our brand needs a refresh. Oh, we need a new look and feel. Like there's the process and the successful way you did it. But like, where, what are the variables that you see are most important to look and decide, yes, we need to do something? Yeah, you know, I think at the end of the day, the reason we knew it was the time for us to rebrand was because we looked at it and it just didn't fit who we were anymore. And, you know, there's companies out there who, you know, have kind of, you know, quote, rebranded or, you know, refreshed the logo every few years. There's some that, you know, look at Coca-Cola. I mean, how long has their logo been around? And, and that works for them still. Salesloft had the same um, visual identity system for about 10 years, a little under 10 years. And the company went from zero dollars to a very significant amount of dollars in that time mm -hmm. frame. 
from one employee to almost 700 employees, um, from being kind of a startup to being a scale up to being, you know, a unicorn, frankly. And the mission, the vision, the values, the culture, all of those things are foundational and they expanded and evolved certainly, but those were kind of the foundational pieces that we were able to build on. But when we looked at, frankly, the the brand, it looked startup-y. It kind of had a startup mm-hmm. feel. It had a, a young feel to it. And frankly, it had a bluish color scheme, which is very common. And it had a kind of a non-serif, sans serif font. And those two things together made it really blend in with everything else. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we looked at where we were and how far we've come and what we stand for. And we realized it's time it's time for our look to evolve the same way we did. So there's the why, and then there's the how. And I think mm-hmm. that you know people think, okay, we're going to rebrand. Well, we're going to change the logo. We're going to change the color scheme. It's a lot more than that. And I think mm-hmm. when you're doing it right, and I think you guys definitely did it right, it is a labor-intensive, time-intensive, and expensive effort. Um, and you know whether you're in startup mode or in scale-up mode, or no matter where you are you know, balancing this investment of time we're going to do in this versus, boy, we could spend that money on more demand. Boy, we could spend that money on more BDRs, right? I mean, so how do you then sort of sort of stack rank and justify that investment? And I'm assuming some of that is just, some of that may just feel like table stakes as you grow up as a business, but like, what's the conversation like at the CEO level and board level to say like, yes, we need to do and do this. And here's the outcome we're looking for. Yeah. And there's the in terms of the cost and then the process, there's the cost of actually developing your new look and feel. Mm-hmm. There's the cost and time of, of doing that. There's the cost of money and effort in doing that. Then there's the cost and effort of making everybody aware of it. Right. And, you know, that's where we actually went to um, our leadership and board and said, we know this is the right move and we want support um, from you for it. But we also want to make sure we're putting a lot of dollars behind it so we can say, for example, we launched our first brand campaign, the new way to sell. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the first time SalesLoft had any kind of a brand campaign. And we launched it at the same time as we launched the new visual and verbal identity. It's expensive. Yeah. And you have, and it's, it was particularly exciting because it was the first time we did it. And for a lot of people here at SalesLoft in the marketing group, this was the first time we had done any kind of brand marketing, real, you know, kind of true brand marketing. You measure that differently than you measure demand. You, you know, good looks different in brand marketing versus demand marketing. You're looking at different metrics. Um, And so it was really important that we understood all that and we understood the goal was, in other words, why would we put together this strategy and this killer execution of coming up with this beautiful new brand identity and the beautiful story around the modern revenue workspace and how we're different and not put any money behind making people aware of it. Right, right. Yeah, well, and I think especially if this is going to be core to how you are, how you are coming across to target prospects and to customers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that this is a grown-up business. This is more than just you know flinging out emails from your BDRs. I mean, the pl- I mean, we're not talking about for a full sales loft platform, but I love the the modern sort of revenue workplace as 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 a tagline because. I mean, if, if it helps people better understand sort of the breadth of what you can cover for them. Um, and I think in that way, like I look at a brand like this and think the way that you've evolved this, th- this should have a direct impact on how your sellers are able to sell. This should have a direct impact on the way that you are being perceived by prospective customers in larger organizations, you know, that are looking for a solid partner. 
It has. It absolutely has. And it continues to. Uh, that We launched in September, so it's really only been six-ish months or so, but it continues to have an, an impact that way. You know, I would say that um, one of the pieces of advice I get asked about a lot is, you know, what, you know, what should I think about if I'm going to embark on this project? And one of the things I always say is take inspiration from the consumer world mm-hmm. because, you know, our community, the B2B tech, B2B SaaS community, brand for a long time. It, I mean, I've been around the block a time or two. I know you have too, Matt. So you, you probably have seen something similar that brand tends to take a backseat. Mm-hmm. To, de- to demand, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's usually about let's go out and find those target accounts. Let's convert them into leads. Let's hand them over to sales. And yes, we have a logo. Yes, we have a tagline. Yes, we have a color scheme. And you know, we want our documents or decks to look a certain way. But that's not what brand is. And it's important to look at the, the areas of business that do brand really well. And, and consumer does that really well. You know, if I ask anybody... I could ask you, who are the five brands that you think of most instantly? You hear Apple, you hear Starbucks, Mm -hmm. you hear Nike, right? You hear some of the consumer brands who've done a really good job of that. And um, so that is something I'm particularly proud of because if you look at, again, we wanted, Sales Loft stands out and our brand blended in. And that is one of the reasons we wanted to come up with the brand that we did that's energetic and sincere and best in class because that's who we are. And you, if you look around, you don't see a lot of green or chartreuse um, colors palettes in our um, in B two B tech. You don't see a lot of um, connected fonts or serif fonts or serif logo types like we do. So it has a very editorial, very chic kind of sophisticated consumer feel to it, and that's something that I want to make sure that I I convey as a big learning. You know, because I think that's part of the reason it's landed so well is because it's authentic to who we are and it stands out. I love it. We're talking today on sales pipeline interview with Cindy Knezovic. She is the VP of brand and communication interim CMO for sales loft. And we're talking about sort of just rebrand best practices, uh, something mm-hmm. she's uh, been through with sales loft successfully uh, late last year. I say late last year, cause that's when most of us found out about it, but this is a long process. This doesn't yeah. start a week before. Um, Talk a little bit about the different constituents that you had in mind when it came time to say, okay, we've got a brand. And I want to ask a little more about sort of brand attributes in a minute. But we talked about these different community groups internally and externally. Um, Talk about how important it is to sort of enumerate those groups and sort of have a strategy for each of them. Oh, definitely. And lesson one, give yourself a year. (laughs) It's going to take a year. Um, Lesson two is exactly what you said. Think about the different stakeholder groups and how important it is to enroll and engage them in the process. Uh, in terms of those stakeholder groups, when it, when it came time to actually go through the prospect or the process rather of developing the new look and feel, we had a cross-functional group here. Every group of lofters was represented, engineering, product, finance, sales, and certainly several from the the different areas of marketing. Um, So that's the first thing I would say is make sure that it's not marketing going away into their ivory tower and then coming out and going, ta-da, here's our new brand. You really do want to have buy-in and perspective from different areas of the organization. Um, That's the first thing I thought about. The second thing I thought about was, and this could be different for people in other companies, but SalesLoft is known for a world-class culture. 
We just, mm -hmm. and, and I don't even know if I have the words to convey what it's like. I'm in my late forties. I've been in a lot of companies and a lot of tech companies. I've never seen a culture like sales lofts, very values driven, very love oriented. And so I knew kind of instinctively that I needed to transition successfully the love that Lofters had for the current brand to the new brand. Mm -hmm. And so I already knew uh, that was a big deal. And so in my mind, I had two major milestones. One was the internal reveal to the Lofters. And then two was the external kind of big bang launch. I don't think I've ever been happier in my life than the day, okay, outside of my wedding day when my son was born, um, then the day that we revealed the brand internally to the lofters, mm -hmm. it was like nothing I've ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. And so my advice around this is really think hard about how you reveal this to the employees internally, because they are your best, strongest brand advocates. Yeah. Right? They just are. They live and breathe your company every single day. And you want them to have a love and a passion and a respect for that brand. And the way to do that is to make it fun for them. Um, Sydney, our former CMO and I had a, a really good time thinking of all the ways we could kind of tease and drop little hints. And we mailed little teaser packages and would reveal pieces of the identity as we went along and then just really built up some anticipation for this internal launch event. That was just, like I said, one of the happiest days of my life. I love that. Um, and I, I mean, I mean, I'm an, I'm an unabashed, huge fan of sales loft and have known Kyle for years and just, you know, just love the way that he has put his love and attention and stamp on that, on the company and sort of built such an amazing culture. It seems to me like you, you mentioned sort of values. It seems to me that there are some, some similarities between sort of core values and brand attributes. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think, you know, I we think a lot about values and I think values are not developed. They're discovered. Values are enumerated based on who you are. And when it comes to brand attributes, you said something really interesting in the session we did with the CMO group on in, in December. You said, like, be careful how much you ask the external audience about your brand because they will reflect what it's been, not what it will become. Right. Can you talk, unpack that a little bit and talk about sort of what advice you would have for sort of who to listen to and where to get input and advice on your brand moving forward? Yeah, that's I, I would be happy to. Where that came from was um, as we were working with our brand agency. Um, the agency we chose, Focus Lab, by the way, I'll, I'll drop their name because I would wholeheartedly recommend them to anyone. They were an excellent partner. Um, they had said something that sort of struck a chord with me, which was, we don't spend, a lot of brand agencies spend a lot of time interviewing your customers. We don't. You know, it's really about who you are. The way I think of brand and product marketing in, is in demand gen marketing is at the end of the day, your brand is who you are. Demand is what you do, right? So the people who know who you are are the people in the building, the people who live those values every single day, the people who are on the front lines helping your customers, the people who go team over self. Those are, that's one of our values, for example. Our customers love us and we love them and they know us, but they know where we've been. They don't know where we're going necessarily. Now, that is something we're doing. We're always trying to do a good job of educating them of where we're going, but they know what we do. The people who know who we are are in the building. So that was um, 
that was a light bulb moment for me too, frankly, because the kind of brand agency playbook, for example, is, oh, well, we're going to interview customers for 12 weeks or prospects for 12 weeks, and we'll come back with recommendations. And and it it really rang true for us that the the people that we wanted to be involved in this prospect the project are the people who live the brand every day, who live the attributes of it. Yep. Well, we'll just wrap it up with the last couple of minutes here with our guest CK, uh, who from Sales Off talking about the uh, rebrand. So um, long process. You recommend a year. Lots of moving parts that go into it. Um, without giving away too many secrets, any highlights from the postmortem? You know, afterwards, saying like, you know, here's things if we would have could do it again, we'd do differently. Here's some things that you think are best practices or cautionary tales mm-hmm. for other marketing leaders at scale ups that are that are that are looking at this process uh, in the near future. Yeah, definitely. I'll say the the biggest kind of piece of learning I had, and something I would do differently next time, is figuring out the positioning before the visual and verbal identity. And by that, I mean, there's brand level positioning, which we we did and we knew and we had the attributes and we had the what we called our manifesto or sort of our, our state of how we see sales and how we show up in the world. We had that and we launched the Modern Revenue Workspace and we had that at the two sentence level. Like we knew the concept. We didn't have that fully fleshed out when we launched. We had it shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. But that was a big piece of learning for me is kind of treat that as part of the foundation. Um, don't do that after the fact. The other thing, you know, certainly the time was, you know, we originally were really naive thinking we were going to launch this in six months and we quickly realized, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. So that is something I always think of as a cautionary tale too, because if I do this again in another company, I'll make sure that I don't give that we don't get any whiplash from you know changing project timelines and things like that. We'll just say from upfront, it's a year. Mm-hmm. But those are two of the big learnings. I also would say just be just have fun with it. This mm-hmm. is a really fun thing to do. I mean, we put our heart and soul into what we call our manifesto, you know, which is our how we show up in the world and who we are. And if you haven't been to the Sales Loft homepage, if you go to the homepage, you'll see Prince EA, who's an amazing um, spoken word artist, in a video on our homepage. And that was, this is a piece of learning because I never would have thought to do this if we didn't have a bunch of collective creative brains uh, Mm -hmm. in the room. Go find someone who lives your values, who has an audience and a creative way to express them. You know, so I can't tell you how much positive feedback we've gotten on the Prince EA video. That's that's another thing I learned is like, don't be afraid to take a risk like that. There's not a lot of tech companies out there who are doing it, but this is the type of thing maybe a consumer brand would have done, right? So don't be afraid to take that inspiration from other areas and and be creative and have fun. Well, I think the idea of a manifesto makes a ton of sense. Uh, and I think, you know, we've, you know, you think about it as, okay, like, what's your purpose? Like, what is your purpose? And how would you describe that to an inside and an outside audience? And I think, you know, you can spend an awful lot of time on that, but then that becomes very foundational, right? Like it you does. get... You know, you whether it's whether it's founders, board members, sort of key executives, sort of people that sort of say, okay, like what's the why? Like what are we doing that is making the world a better place? And I think no matter what business you're in, to have that manifesto, to have that purpose is is a huge best practice. So hey, I know we're we're running a little late on time here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Cindy Knezovich, the VP of brand and communications, uh, definitely highly encourage. Go to salesloft.com, click to watch the video. You're gonna see the video she was just referencing. Um, just 
really great way to sort of articulate sort of a, and create motivation behind the group. And I remember you, you had him join um, the, the rebrand uh, launch and a super interesting guy as well. So, well, thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone for watching and listening to another episode of sales pipeline radio. We'll be here next week, every week, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. My name is Matt Hines. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Thank you.